A little Chicago. Soldier Field. Who knows? Maybe one of the last times Dancing the Cubs play at Soldier Field because they want to build right Harper LaBelle and Joe Patrick, John Fricky with you. It's the new stadium out at right, the racetrack at Arlington Park. I create like a battery like the Braves did. So. Hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah, Soldier so Field was maybe seeing its last days. That's the trend. Well, you go yeah. buy property somewhere else, and then you don't have to pay the same amount of taxes. You yeah. get to keep more of that what revenue. A shame yourself. that would be, though. You know, it's like you want to have these historic stadiums intact. I feel like. I mean, for me at least, I'm not a fan. I'll have to show up lose, there every time. Wait, hang on though. <laughs> didn't it lose its historic? And I, yeah. I went to Soldier Field when it was Soldier Field when it was still, you know, the old concrete edifice that was, you know, kind of. And then they built this thing inside of it that's, you know, just, you know kind of cookie cutter well i was a bear john and that that old stadium was atrocious it was just (laughs) god awful the sound system was horrible they didn't have a scoreboard that you know no uh, technology at all the back part of the stadium so if you're looking from the tv angle and you see the middle of the field to your left that side that open end that's where the locker rooms are behind those stands is the original uh, seating for where the track was because of the track and field for uh, uh, Olympic events and everything else that they had. They still kept those concrete slabs there, uh, but then they built what uh, I think Wes called it the spaceship. We, we did one of the first games. I think the Falcons were one of the first games in the new stadium once they had rebuilt it. Hey, can I can I ask you guys a trivia question before we get into the uh, injuries real quick? Uh, speaking of stadiums, mm-hmm. can you so the oldest stadium is Soldier Chicago. Field, the, and these are still in use. Second is Green Bay. Can Green you name Bay. the third? The third oldest stadium in the NFL that's still in use. I think it's Buffalo. Buffalo's four. All right. Um, hmm. A very good team I, I plays there. My first. Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas Sorry, City. No. Arrowhead. Kansas yeah. City. Arrowhead. Kansas City. Arrowhead. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. New Orleans, fifth oldest. 70, 68, 75. 75? Yeah, they need a new stadium done in New Orleans. They should just tear that thing down. You know, dynamite. Well, they tried to when stadium. Katrina was there. The, the, like, the weather tried you know, to destroy it, and, and obviously <laughs> yeah, the, I know. the town and said, no, let's keep, on keep trucking it. Somewhere else. Let's keep this smelly old building. So <laughs> here's a trivia question. A new stadium Go ahead, Joe. In Joe. like Memphis. I mean, just get it out of New Orleans. <laughs> just, just airlift it. So do you know that they could put the Houston Astrodome inside the Superdome? That's how big the Superdome is wow. compared to the other one. Wow. You could you could actually do um, that. All right. Meantime, let's do uh, get into the injury report. It's brought to you by Fireshire from the W Sauce. Bigger, better, bolder, and now spicier. Visit the WSauce.com to find a Fireshire retailer near you. So, Joe, how are both teams kind of looking today? Yeah, I figured we could kill some time because we don't have a lot to talk about on the injury report today. We got one for the Falcons. Which the only questionable player is Kayla McGarry. And uh, for the for the Bears, they've only got three they're dealing with. They've got two questionables in Cole Komet and Lucas Patrick, the center. Uh, Cole Komet's an interesting one. He was, Ian Rappaport reported in the middle of the night last night that he was expected to play. He's got a knee, dealing with a knee. He didn't practice until he had a limited session on Friday. But Ian Rappaport reported that he was going to play and then followed up with a reporting just before we came on air this morning that he is dealing with some additional soreness and now he is going to be truly a game-time decision. So that's a big one because the Falcons have really struggled against tight ends. It's been something that they've just really, with Reggie Grant at safety, they have had trouble covering. Maybe uh, DeMarco Hellams will make a difference in that respect going forward. But for now, that would be a big miss if the Bears aren't, don't have him. 
So John would right, know a little start. bit about aches and pains when it's 30, well, 28 yeah. when you wake up in the morning. John, <laughs> Ooh, are you a little bit more sore knee. than you would be? You tell me. I mean, you you were in the league. <laughs> I mean, you know, I nobody's nobody's sacking me, you know, I mean, best of my knowledge. Um, so, I mean, you, you know, you played at Colorado State in cold weather. I mean, and get beat up. Uh, I wouldn't know. You would know. Well, that's we got time to kill. We're, but I am worried, no, no, just no. like Joe. I've got uh, no, 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 because I'm about to ask Noel to play Arthur Smith number twelve. Which okay, is a inside here. I meant to tell her that in the break. Uh, so uh, Noel, if you would uh, cue up the the coach here uh, about Justin Fields, uh, let's talk about the Bears' offense against the Falcons' defense and Justin Fields, who has rushed for five hundred and eighty-five yards. This year, as the Bears uh, quarterback here, this is Arthur Smith talking about the Bears quarterback and how you try to kind of contain him from beating you uh, with his feet. We got a lot of respect for um, Justin, and you know they got a really good group of skilled players, and their line's playing really well too. So I didn't definitely would never have said something like that. It was their usage of him in the game. Sure, the usage of him, but I think sometimes that kind of where we're at. Um, I think it's again, it's the way that society is now. But like to, to be able to, it's a shot if somebody's gonna call it a game manager or they're a system guy. Like I, I don't, you know, the history is league, and a lot of things are, are true. You know, you being in the right, right place with the right chemistry of guys and the right staff and timing. You know, that that can impact guys' careers. But when somebody's had success in the league, like they should get credit where credits due, no matter how they do it. Yeah, so Harper, this is a Bears team that even though they're 6-9 and has won three of its last four, they did beat the Lions, beat the Lions by over two touchdowns. And so at home, so, you know, they're a dangerous team. This is going to be a tough game, and we've seen the Falcons struggle against Kyler Murray, against Josh Dobbs, against quarterbacks who are mobile. That's a problem, and there's no more mobile quarterback in the NFL than Justin Fields. Yeah, no kidding. He leads the team. Rushing, you mentioned the 500 yards that he has, but they're, they're running back by committee. I mean, Dante Foreman has 425 yards. Khalil Herbert has 459. They're both averaging about you know four, four and a half yards per carry. So it's a three-headed monster. But the Cole Komet thing, getting back to him, he's not Mark Bavaro. I get it, but he's pretty doggone close. I mean, he's 6'6", he's 260, just a big body. He can block. He went to Notre Dame like Bavaro did. He's got 70 catches. He's averaging just under 10 yards of re- reception, and he's got six touchdowns. Um, Joe hit the nail on the head. we got to stop him. But if you got D.J. Moore and some of these other guys, D.J.'s got 83 catches on the year. So it's really... A couple of key guys, if you're able to slow them down, but you got to stop the run, John. That, in my opinion, is first. And when you've got three guys that are hovering around the 500-yard mark, they're the second-best rushing team in the league, uh, but that doesn't mean that they score a lot of points. They move the ball from the 20 to 20 a lot, but uh, the Falcons are going to have to stop them in the red zone today. Yeah, uh, this, bear, know, this, at- this Bears defense has really, really come on since they added Monta and right at the trade deadline on Halloween this year. And since then, the Bears, have they've played seven games with him, and they've only allowed more than 20 points twice in those seven games. Right. Um, really so really hang impressive. On, hang, on, hang on to that because we'll talk about that in the next segment here. I'll just go back to the offense here, Joe. Uh, and we'll get to – because I want to have you guys break down Heineke versus the defense in the next segment. Uh, back to the Bears' offense here. It is a little bit pedestrian at times, but we've seen, again, Joe – uh, if not for running quarterbacks and the inability to contain running quarterbacks, and this is not a slam on the Falcons' defense, 
but it's just that they got tired at the end of games, I think, more than anything else. But for their inability, we would be sitting here talking about, well, you know, if, if this team loses and that team loses, we'd be sitting here saying, Falcons win today, they're in, they, they clinch, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely, um, you know, there are probably, what, three different games where you could say that, you know, the, the difference was them barely not bringing a quarterback down and then that being the difference in the game. So, yeah, that's been a huge problem area for this team. And it's Justin Fields is probably the most difficult that, that you'll respect because what guys were saying this week when I was up there is it's not just the elusiveness that you that you that makes Justin Fields such how strong he is. They, they said that you know trying to bring him down is like trying to bring down a Josh Allen or maybe maybe not quite Ben Roethlisberger type, but you know he was one of those quarterbacks that that's what he would always hear from defensive players, just uh, how Cam hard Newton, he is to actually right? bring down. Yeah, Cam right. Newton's a great example. Yeah, I mean Justin Fields has a great ability to use his strength and his leverage to his advantage in his play in in the middle of a play, just because he has those natural instincts to understand um, you know where those advantages are, kind of like a wrestler, kind of instinctively knows. Um, how to leverage his his weight and his positioning, and he's able to you know shrug off a lot of tackles because of it. And it's the the Falcons just got to be really really um, disciplined with how they rush him and and not and make sure they don't get out over their skis. In fact, I was talking to Arnold Ebicady in the locker room this week, and he kind of admitted that it's it's a little bit more boring, honestly, to to rush these kinds of passers because you cannot be as aggressive in the way that you get after them as you are able to when you're facing some guys who are more of those statues in the pocket. A real interesting you point. Know, Harper, Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I, I, no, you finish your point. I was just going to say, so I'm not sure if Richie Grant is big enough. I know that we brought him late in the game mm-hmm. in Carolina, and he's got a sack, so I'm thinking that either Caden Ellis comes a little more often or Langham does. I'm not exactly sure how the best way to try to fool him because he's seen a lot in his three years, but he has been sacked a lot. Uh, yeah, a, a I was ton- about to bring that up. 36 yeah. sacks this year. That's that offensive line. Well, it's partly the offensive line and partly the fact that, that Justin does want to create his own personal RPO, so he will leave the pocket in order to you know, open a, a you know potential running lane and expose himself to you know the potential of being sacked in that regard. Yeah. Um, so, you know, six sacks last week was that an outlier, and or is this defense figured out something that they can make life miserable for Justin? Well, I, I actually asked Arthur Smith about you know the defensive performance last week, uh, and he said that they dialed up more pressure than they have dialed up all season long in getting after Gardner Minshew, which makes a lot of sense because he's not that mobile of a quarterback, and now you contrast that with what. Dean Pease said about when they this team played the Bears last year at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which was that they blitzed the least amount of any game. In fact, I don't know. I think they, they he may have said that they didn't call a single pressure against the Bears uh, last year because their game plan was to just drop back into coverage, drop back into that zone coverage where your defenders can keep eyes on fields and you know plaster when he moves out of of the pocket, but. Other than that, just let him let make him beat you with his arm. And if he is going to scramble, then you'll have guys in position to tackle him for minimal gains. But I think that's going to be one of the interesting wrinkles to watch out for today is to look and see how much the Falcons are actually blitzing because clearly they had a lot of success with it last week. But you never know how much of that is just dependent on the matchups and the types of quarterbacks they're facing because you're obviously facing much different ones compared to last week. Is that what you would do, Harbor? Would you say we're going to get after him with uh, three or four guys and see if we can win one-on-one battles? Uh, to, to shake things up, yeah, a little bit. But what you've been doing 
well successfully and consistently all year is bringing on third and seven, bringing an extra guy and, and trying to force these other quarterbacks. However, uh, Kyler Murray gets out of the pocket and uh, it gets Carolina, you get out of the pocket, you get uh, Washington, you get out of the pocket. So we've had some issues Minnesota. in some of these. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I know oh, I was gosh. missing one. I thought I could put that in the deep part of my <laughs> mind and never have to bring it back again. Oh, that Washington, that, uh, excuse me, the Minnesota game uh, where we made Josh Dobbs a, a national hero for, for a week. <laughs> but, um, you know, you. Remember, the Carolina Panthers used to spy with Sam Mills when they played us, and Michael Vick was Roman. They just had one, that, Mike, wherever you go, I'm going. I'm going to be your shadow, and I'm not going to let you beat us down the field. So that might be a possibility that you put in, but I don't want to turn Justin Fields into a Hall of Famer today. You know, he's shown that he'll throw the ball away, and he, he can only connect about 60% of the time. So you may want to just let him... Uh, throw his way out of a Bears win. That, that's, yeah. that's a possibility as well. We're talking about the Bears and the Falcons leading up to kickoff at 1 o'clock this afternoon right here on Sports Radio 92 The Game. A reminder, you should, if you're watching on TV, sync using the Odyssey app. Uh, the uh, Bears and Falcons uh, game to the TV and listen to Wesson Davis because that, that call, that's the real call of the game you want to hear. This portion of the uh, Wade Ford Tailgate Show is brought to you by Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons and the NFL. When we get back in a moment, Joe and uh, Harper are going to break down, what about Taylor Heineke? Can the Falcons, one of the untold stories last week was they kicked five field goals. That's probably not something you want to really kind of rely on here. Uh, what up, Taylor Heineke in Chicago today? We'll talk about that as we continue on the Wade Ford Tailgate Show on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Oh, man, that's every week. Every week tells a different story. Obviously, like I said, we want to score touchdown every time you have possession. Uh, I believe we scored on seven out of the ten. The two of them, yeah, you're... Like I said, on the record, uh, two of those trips, I mean, one of them right into the half situation. So, you know, time was running out. How good do you want to get? You can have it subjected to bait, but we're, you're, you're happy with the field goal there. Too late managing the situation, the clock. Obviously, you want to score touchdowns. Maybe you got a little more risk adverse. So, I'll tell different stories. Um, you get close to 30. I mean, obviously, you'd love to average 35. You'd probably leave the league, right? Try to, you know, at least get that. You think you won almost every game. You know, convert two of those five field goals into touchdowns, Coach, and it would have been a 37-10 to 10 blowout of the Indianapolis Colts, but as it was, it was still a dominating win. Welcome back to the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. John Fricky, Harper LaBelle, Joe Patrick are with you. This portion of the Wade Ford Tailgate Show is brought to you by the Man Cave Store in Norcross. Family, friends, fun. Visit mancavestore.com. And uh, five field goals, especially after Koo doinked uh, Harper, the first one off the upright and we all went oh my god you know and then he made it of course because of the penalty uh but yeah and that's good i'm glad you had five field goals and i'm glad Koo was back to being Koo. but it's kind of the untold story here is that because it was a 29 because it was a, a route that you didn't have to worry about it but if it had been a five field goal game and it would have been a loss we'd be sitting around here going oh my god you know i mean so and the, taylor heineke played well but there was an inability to get the ball into the end zone at times 
here you go, John, finding a way to complain. <laughs> Instead of us fumbling in the red zone, we get a field goal, and you're finding us, you know, the No, the, I'm the just saying that, you know, I mean, if you, you're going to finish strong here, you've got to convert some of these field goals into touchdowns. No I doubt. mean, it's been an ongoing problem, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't week one of us going, gosh, is this going to come back to bite us later in the ball game? Now, it didn't last week against the Colts. They found a way not to be able to, you know, move the ball and matriculate down the field. But uh, uh, we, we've we also wondered, where's that been all year? Why, why aren't we being more consistent with just getting – we'll take three versus zero. Um, yes, I'd love it, to have more more uh, offense and, and, you know, it'd be okay to score in the 40s. I'd love to have that. You know, we're not going to get the Miami 70-point deal or the Raiders a couple of weeks ago in the high 60s. But, um, yeah, the offense consistency, it was great. To see. Now, I hit Joe in the ribs when I said that pass to Kyle Pitts, that little corner route, was about two inches from yeah. being <laughs> deflected. And that, you know, but but we got it. And I'm glad we did. And it's about time and uh, for Kyle, for Drake, for Scotty Miller, for example, of some of these other receivers that we have that are getting some touches and meaningful touches for first downs, you know that they go into practice throughout the week going, hey, I'm, I'm going to see the ball and I'm going to practice a little bit harder and I'm going to work a little you know, extra for this because Taylor's seeing me, he's finding me, and it's working. Yeah, and I think that you know the timing is just – I think that it wasn't quite perfect with, with Taylor Heineke obviously coming into that game. You hope that that will be better, but like there was that one pass into the flats for Bijan that would have scored that he was just out of bounds on, and you know if if that ball's on time, he's probably in bounds pretty easily. So there are some things like that you need to clean up. I think the one notable thing about this Falcons team in the red zone with Taylor Heineke, as opposed to Desmond Ritter, is you know this team has had a lot of success in the in the red zone, especially when they get in those goal to go situations with Desmond Ritter running that zone read and him kind of getting to the edge and scoring and, and using his legs. Um, sometimes it even hasn't been with his legs. I don't know if you remember that touchdown he had against Green Bay where he kind of rolled out to the left and you know attracted some defenders and then kind mm -hmm. of threw one inside yeah. arm to Drake London. Those are the kinds of things that he did. Don't know how as how effective that kind of play will be with Taylor Heineke, who I don't think is nearly as mobile as Desmond Ritter is. Um, but he is it's funny when you talk about mobility. Maybe not as good as Desmond Ritter about like getting to the edge and actually scoring, but I think Taylor Heineke a lot more mobile like in terms of these little movements he makes in the pocket to create time for him to get the ball out. So just some differences that you have at the quarterback, and hopefully the team can work on John, would you out. have a problem with uh, Tyler Algier scoring from two yards out and just mashing in between the tackles? I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. We don't seem to do that very often. No, but then again, I don't know that we have the capability to do it. It seems that when we get into those short situations and the offensive line just isn't able to move the other team's defensive line, it's not – I don't know that. It's, I mean, we think with Bergeron and Dolman and Lindstrom, you'd be able to do it, but for some reason, they don't but, seem to be able to do it fairly the, effectively. But this Falcon, to your point there, John, this Falcons offensive line is built on um, being at mobile, agile, explosive, getting to the second level. They are not road graders. They're not guys who are going to push the defensive tackles two yards back. You know, so I think that's one of the problems they've had in some of these situations, and. I think it's one of the reasons why Arthur Smith has tried to do some more creative stuff that he's gotten bashed for, and I think some of it rightfully so, is because he's trying to find these ways to craft the team to get into the end zone instead of just being able to you know, do these very simple things of being able to, like you said, Harper, just smash it through. And you know, I think there's a balance there to find at some point. Um, and I think that this team 
can and should be successful in those situations. Here's here's another thought, John, too. Because he's played so much now, Storm Norton or Hinton, who's been in a lot the last couple of games, do you bring them in in the jumbo package? Take your tight ends out, take Kyle out, and and try to road grade just to one side of the field? That's that's another possibility that you have from a personnel. Go ahead. Yeah, I wouldn't put Kyle Pitts in if I wanted to block. I mean, that's not what he does. Kyle Pitts is – they just have to admit Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver, okay? Just turn him into a wide receiver. That's what he is. Because, um, yeah, he's not a blocking tight end. He, you know, barely a tight end. But isn't it interesting, though, if you go back, you know, because Taylor Heineke doesn't do, as you said, Joe, there's no designed runs really for Taylor Heineke. He is effective and elusive in getting first downs on, on, on when plays break down. He's pretty darn good at that. Uh, and uh, so I, I have full confidence in that. Uh, he's not Justin Fields running, but he can move with his legs. But I think it's interesting if we, we talk about Tyler Algier and B. John Robinson and Cordero Patterson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and we'll just kind of use those five. If you look at, and, and not that others don't contribute, but if you look at some of the plays, uh, Harper, that they've made, and Joe, you can jump in on this too, Think of the catches that Drake uh, London has made and uh, some of the catches, for that matter, that Kyle Pitts has made, getting Bijan into space, using these players, and all we ever wanted at the beginning of the year because we figured that this team has the ability to be really explosive because they've got great playmakers, and the players, everybody likes to complain, oh, we didn't draft a quarterback, we drafted uh, Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts and Drake London, but I got news for you, those guys can really play. Yeah, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> this Falcons offense has the potential, the capabilities to be so much better than they are. I was just looking at some of the stats earlier, and you know, the, this Falcons offense ranks second, it tied for second in the NFL this year in 400 yard games, and they're they've and they're averaging 19 points per game. And I, I know this is we've talked about this basically all it year. Goes back to the field goals, right, and the right. turnovers in the red zone. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. It's like this team can move up and down the field, but can they use these weapons that they've amassed um, to actually convert? those those talents into into actual points and production on the board that actually matters that's the big question and um if you look at the touchdown catch numbers i mean kyle pitts doesn't have as nearly as many as you would think i think drake london only has two touchdown catches this year um i think Bijan has been utilized probably to the extent that you would imagine uh, i know there was some complaints earlier this season about his red zone usage but he has caught his fair few amount of touchdowns and run some in as well so i think that you're getting some Good production there, but uh, yeah, I still that. I mean, I think that that's the one itch that every Falcons fan still has is that everybody kind of knows there's there's more potential in this offense that than has yet to be seen so far. Yeah, they keep uh, kicking themselves in their own feet if you think about it, because every reporter that you would listen to in the off season will go, "Wow, how are you going to stop the Falcons' offense? Right? How how are you going to do that? Well, we, we're we're doing it for you." We're not getting the ball to the open receiver, or we're getting six yards on a completion when it's third and eight, and we're punting the ball back to you. So yeah, or, that's been or a we're fumbling long. the ball, we're fumbling a snap on a key second down that puts us in a bad spot for a third down. You know, like these kinds of things have just too yep. many negative plays. Good, put you behind schedule. It's just been too many errors. Yeah, and I've I've said for years. I go, what coach in the league isn't going to say when they play the Atlanta Falcons? All right, this team that we're playing here today is going to give you a chance to win the ball game. Take advantage of it. They'll give you a shot third, fourth quarters, whenever it is. You know, they're going to they're going to make a mistake and if you can take advantage of it, we're going to win the ball game. It's happened yeah, it's you know, all the time. Yeah, go because, ahead, John. And, and it was Ritter because you know, it was always, you know, 10, 10 interceptions, five fumbles, 
and so, no, I mean, it was Desmond Ritter who couldn't hang out of the ball and was a turnover machine that kept this team from being what it is. And I'm not trying to, you know, lay blame here, but no, it's we're true. going to change quarterback. We're going to change quarterbacks because of that. Yeah, the facts. And, <laughs> again, I was looking at these numbers yesterday. So Ritter has 14 fumbles. Uh, total. These are total fumbles, not just lost fumbles. Total fumbles. Right, five, five lost, right, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's 17 games as a as a starting quarterback. Justin Fields has 37 fumbles in 37 games. <laughs> so, again, when we talk about this team's future quarterback, I don't think Justin Fields is really solving any of these problems that we've comp- been complaining about and been pulling our hair out over. So, yeah, talk radio. It, it's so- it's so frustrating, Harper, because when you start to look at some of the numbers, I mean, Bijan's going to be playing less than full time. He's going to end up with over 1,500 total yards, over 1,000 yards rushing, maybe 500 yards receiving. He's going to get 10 touchdowns, and he doesn't even play full time. Um, and so you have one game where he played one snap and they got fined for it. Um, so <laughs> go, go figure that. Um, so the, the the and you see the expo- the hands the Drake London makes Julio Jones like catches. The, there are real playmakers on this team. If for a quarterback, this team it's got to be frustrating. I would think for for Dave Ragone and for Arthur Smith to look and go, we should be averaging twenty eight points a game and we should be eleven and four. I mean, if because the rest of the offense has playmakers all over the field. Yep. You've got the guys. There's, there's, uh, there's not a need for talent now. I would say that we we don't have a speed receiver. Right. We don't. No one has a Kareem uh, Hunt except for uh, uh, the Dolphins. But I'm just saying another speedy guy that can help separate from coverages just playing in interior because Drake doesn't have that type of speed. He's not that guy. He's more of my possession guy. Going to run a really good route and he's going to make the catch and he's going to get you 12, 15 yards. I don't have a problem with Tyler Algier coming into the ball game and with his 300 and 78 yards, whatever it is, and his four touchdowns. He has another 100 yards in uh, receptions. Um, give Bijan a rest and keep him fresh. You know, and Cordell come in and run like his hair is on fire and gain 35 yards on four carries. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. It's next man up. I love that aspect of the offense. But um, now, if he has a chance, Heineke, again here today, just move the ball when it needs to be moved. Get it to the guys that you need to. Efficient with it. Don't have a turnover. And I like my chances today. I really do. But uh, we haven't seen that consistently. You know, it's it's been the Arizonas and the Minnesotas and the Washington games and the Car- uh, the Carolina game is. Oh my gosh, you know, how do we lose these games? We we should be two games ahead of everybody else in the division. Easily, maybe three. Yeah, I, I yeah. really believe that this team has got that kind of thing. You know. To your point, Joe, earlier, this will be game five for Taylor Heineke. So maybe they're getting more into the rhythm of Taylor Heineke, and all he has to do is be, again, a point guard and let all your shooters shoot. Yeah, it takes a little bit of a certain selflessness to be that kind of quarterback. That's exactly that's exactly the words that Joe Flacco is describing as what he's trying to do in Cleveland, working out for them. Um, that's That's what you need, so... Hopefully we can see more of that today. It's a, it's a tough matchup against this Bears defense. It's probably the toughest defense that the Falcons have faced. Gosh, just thinking off the top of my head in many, many weeks at this point. Well, I saw him yeah, do it Bears in high school. At defense. Collins Hill, we mentioned that a little while ago. Collins Hill, he went to Old Dominion, a small school. Hey, just we're get, we got some pretty good receivers here, Taylor. Just get the ball to them on the outside and see what happens. He's he's done it in in the NFL. You know, it, We talked about it last week, how, how he had a great game when he was playing for the Commanders against the Colts, and he played well last week, uh, in spite of everybody that didn't want him to, 
Um, hopefully, again, game game two here against Chicago in your Phoenix rebirth as a chance to lead a team and help them get to the playoffs. I love it. Falcons and the Bears today, 1 o'clock kick on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Back with our predictions of the game as we join the network at the top of the hour. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. What are we going to get from the Atlanta Falcons today? Who the hell knows? You know you're a better man or woman than I am because this team plummets. You know, guys, i got to say before we get into our predictions on the game, why it's so hard, Joe and Harper, to predict the game is I get a lot of I get a lot of these people that come on the Twitter, on the X, and they post or tweet or whatever we're calling it these days, and they'll say, you know, John, you know, you're you're a moron. You you said this team was going to win 10 games plus, you know, and of course, they never went on the record. They didn't want to do that. But, you know... How did they not? I know, win right? Ten games plus. <laughs> I feel like over the course of this show, we've like you know referenced games here and there of whether it's you know them not being able to bring down a quarterback. Because we're talking about Justin Fields today, or whatever it is, and it's just bringing me like nightmares thinking about all these games they should have won. I mean, you yeah, could, because you could, it'll be you so could, frustrating if they don't make it, right? You, you could seriously say that they should have won every game since that Tennessee loss. And even that Tennessee loss was winnable. They had the ball with a chance to go down and, and win it at the end. They didn't convert, of course. But the games after that, Minnesota, uh, Arizona, and we then beat, at home. We beat the Houdats. Yeah, then at home against Tampa Bay, no, at we Charlotte. Jets first. We went... Well, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just I'm talking sorry. about the losses I'm since then. Saying, yeah, are uh, all winnable games. Games that the Falcons actually lost in the waning moments of those games. If you look at when the opponents took the leads in those games, almost all of them happened um, within the last minute of the game. In fact, yeah, I think yeah, all it of was them. Car- Carolina that was totally inexcusable. Yeah, and that one really tanked their season in terms of their playoff chances because of what it does to the tiebreakers. That Carolina. So, uh, Harper, what do you think today? I mean, you, you see this Bears team, you see this Falcons team. Uh, we don't know what to expect, uh, but you want to believe, at least I want to believe, that what I saw against Indianapolis was sort of real. Uh, Falcons are relatively healthy. I mean, of course, they don't have Grady Jarrett, but they're relatively healthy otherwise. Uh, and so I, what do you expect against the Bears today? John, I've been wrong so often about the Falcons this year. So I'm going to just say the Bears are going to roll today. And Ditka, and remember the guys from Saturday Night Live, dot Bears, they're going to say Ditka and the Bears 95-2. to two. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking because I hope I'm wrong again. I just don't know what to expect. The, the, the Jets game, I thought, gosh, this is so hard to watch. Why are we punting again? But we did. And then the Carolina, you just mentioned that that just was uh, a throw something soft at the – Big screen TV day, uh, the whole day. How are we losing to these guys? So I hope it's, I'm incredibly wrong, but I, I uh, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Bears roll. <laughs> Joe's looking at me like, you're, you're out of your mind. No, but no. I, I, I mean, want to well. be right, so I'm going to be wrong on purpose and just say uh, uh, Chicago. To me, it feels very kind of low scoring stalemate with two teams that match up against each other I think really well it's gonna I think it's gonna be hard for both of these offenses to really move the ball so and I, I'm kind of leaning towards a narrow Bears win so make it a 20 to 17 Bears win 
Yeah, I, I think it sounds to me like it's going to be one of those, you know, okay, it's going to come down to the last possession games again. Does it come down to a coup field goal, or does the defense worn out and Justin Fields runs on them like the other quarterbacks have run on them? I, I tend to agree with you. And again, for those of you who just are joining us, you know, the, the Falcons, you have to scoreboard watch here. You're actually yep. rooting for the Swampers. I know it's hard to do. It's almost impossible to do, but you need the Swampers to beat the Bucks because even if the Falcons lose this game, to the Bears, they could still win the NFC South if the Swampers beat the Bucks, and then next week the Panthers upset the Bucks, and the Falcons beat the Saints. You'd have a three-way eight and nine tie, and the Falcons win all the tiebreakers and would be NFC South champions, even losing this game today. But they have to have the Bucks lose twice. So and hey, and look, there's still one more looking towards the game. Possibilities too. We have uh, we have snowflakes in the air apparently falling in in Chicago right now. So yeah, there'll be a snow game here. Snow. Yep. They said light snow and low 30s, you know, so we'll see uh, how that plays out. And that, that would also go to the uh, the whole concept of a low-scoring game. Well, you mentioned, um, you know, the uh, Saturday Night Live, and, and, and when you made the reference, I actually thought about that in the break because I knew you were going to ask about jerseys. Um, you have to be a little bit old because I think that was like about 35, 40 years ago. <laughs> so some of the younger fans are not going to understand what you mean, Harper, when you go, yeah, the dicka, you know, and they're not going to know what big baker is. Dozen. Big dicka or little dicka? They're not going to know that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty funny skit that they uh, have gotten the guys back together to talk about a little bit and uh, just how much fun it was. And they didn't think it would ever go to a second or a third <laughs> episode or week. But uh, that was during the mid-'80s when the Bears were uh, as good as they've ever been. Uh, so a little interesting part of history. So part of my deal, I ask everybody, now I've already asked Noel, but if I win the lottery and I can buy you one jersey from a Bears team, and it doesn't matter what era, one player, uh, Noel came up with her first choice would be sweetness, Walter Payton. Mm, yep. So let's take him off the board as, as one that you would absolutely want. And I said, well, what if they're all sold out? And they only and they they've only they've got everybody else. Who would you want? She goes, I'd want a Jim McMahon jersey. Interesting. I, that was that's a pretty cool choice. Yeah. So Joe, we're going to go to you, and then to John, and then uh, 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 you know what 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 one jersey would you want if well, I were to buy you a Bears jersey? I think I'm going to take the the favorite off the board here. Um, I, I got to go with a Mike Dicka jersey. I just feel like it's quintessential Chicago, quintessential Bears. It's a classic. Yeah, I'm correct. He was a coach. He was a coach. Oh, I'm sorry. You want you got to have a player? I'm sorry. Not, not Mike Dicka. Uh, Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that he's that's just the classic Bears jersey, right? Then just an all timer. So got to go with that. Yeah, there's about a thousand. Oh, you, can people. Have, you can have the Dick uh, White Bears sweater. I mean, that's right. right? Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. Could, <laughs> you could have Jim McMahon's headband. I mean, you could do that too, right? Adidas or Pluto. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, to me, I would want Brian Piccolo's, uh, if for no other reason than if you've never seen the original Brian song, the original, not the remake. Go see it. Just just do. I mean, because... Tear-dirker. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. how many boxes of Kleenex do you need to have w- w- when you're watching that? E- right, even if you Tom, know the Brady ending, Williams. Old Yeller, yeah, yeah that, exactly. that music, oh my gosh. So who's your... I, I would say Brian Piccolo. Piccolo. That's a great choice. That's a really good one. Nice and creative, unlike yeah. me. Yeah. You know, because the original Brian song, when it aired in television in the early 70s and uh, the whole nation was... It was a made-for-TV movie. Uh, so it's not, you're going to go, This well, they've got kind of stock footage in this thing. What is this? Well, it was a made-for-TV movie. It wasn't a theatrical release. And so um, it was like the ABC Sunday Night Movie or something. Yeah. 
And James Caan isn't a, a big guy, right? So he's not, uh, you know, the most athletic guy you're ever going to see. It wasn't really a uh, a football movie like you'd see today, where you have football players mm-hmm. playing, right. uh, the, you know, who, those types of roles. Who would you go with, Harper, with your own million? Uh, the first would be obviously Butkus, you know, but you already picked him, so. Yeah. I would take probably either Wilbur Marshall or Keith Van Horn or Thayer or Bortz, Jimbo Covert, you know, one of those other guys that was not I was, a key to the 85 but was a part of that team where someone else would go, oh, that guy was awesome. I love him <laughs> on our team. Thank you for wearing that jersey. Maybe a Dave Dorson, you know, in tribute to him. Mm, yeah, I was thinking, so I, another one on my short list would be Mike Singletary, which I think, I mean, he's a key guy to no that brainer, 85 right? Bears yeah. defense. But yeah, yeah, really cool jersey to have. Go watch him when uh, he visits Buddy Ryan. I'm surprised nobody said oh, in that. Gosh. In that, you know, you didn't mention Danimal. You didn't mention you know Dick Dent. I mean, what about Richard Dent? I mean, yeah, Richard Dent. Yeah, one of the few yeah. Hall of Famers from that team. Absolutely. Somebody uh, does he right, say somebody yeah. out in the bullpen took uh, Brian Urlacher? Yeah, Mike Johnson right. said Ur- Mike Johnson, Urlacher. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, and Urlacher's great. Nobody took Gail Sayers. Well, yeah, uh, again, no yeah. It's, Who do you not take? Tough. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but, I'm okay. taking Dick Buckus. So here's here's another question. You can't have their jersey, but name other than Justin Fields and Jim McMahon, name a successful Bears quarterback in in, in any recent or far back. Well, past. I can name Bears Jake quarterbacks <laughs> successful is a <laughs> is different he story. He made it I mean, we've got talking Jack Cannon, Virgil Carter. I mean, we could talk about Bears quarterbacks. You know, there was Rex Grossman. He did go to a Super Bowl. That's Just saying. Amazing. You remember Bobby Douglas, John? <laughs> yeah, Bobby Douglas, who was uh, left-handed and threw the ball harder than anybody on God's green earth. <laughs> he couldn't throw, but he could run really well. <laughs> oh, he ran. He, yeah, he was Justin Fields. Does anyone <laughs> want a, uh, a Mitch Trubinsky Chicago Bears no. quarterback jersey? No. No? No. Bobby some, Hoyer? Some good fire starter. A Mitch Trubisky jersey yeah, for the Bears I, fans. I think the most Bears fans would say, <laughs> we'll use that for kindling fire yeah, to get exactly. our uh, to get our barbecue and our... our uh, our meal together, and our cold beer. Oh, my goodness. Well, it anyway, is. so uh, there's a lot to choose from, and that organization, obviously, going way back. Would you want a, a Hallis hat, John? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they began as the Decatur Staley's. They were one of the original uh, franchises in the NFL. This is the Wayford Tailgate Show, uh, brought to you in part by the W Sauce, as we take you to the network coverage at the top of the hour with uh, Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson ahead of the Bears and the Falcons live today on your home at the Falcons, Sports Radio 92 on the game. All right, about 90 seconds for Harper, Joe, and I to wrap this up and get it to uh, Mike Johnson, Chris Goforth, and the uh, network pregame. One o'clock kick today, Falcons and Bears. Keeping our eyes on the two local quarterbacks, Harrison Highs, uh, Justin Fields, Colin Hills, Highs, uh, Taylor Heineke. And, you know, with people saying, you know, Jim Harbaugh, speaking uh, of old Bears quarterbacks, I mean, Harbaugh was a starter for Chicago for, I don't know, a good five years, Harper, right? I mean, in the 90s. Yeah, he and Jim McMahon didn't get along, and they got rid of Jim and uh, uh, Jim McMahon, and and Jim Harbaugh ended up being the guy for, for quite a while. Yeah, quite a while, and there's a lot of talk about Jim McMahon going, uh, pardon me, Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan and going to the Bears, and what decision Joe he might make if, if that if there were to be a new head coach, whether it's Harbaugh or somebody else, will you use the number one pick uh, and take Caleb Williams about, about part on Justin Fields? So a lot of rumors. There's a lot in play here. Yeah, yeah. For 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 this team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for both teams, going to be very busy off seasons and dramatic off seasons. I think for both. So funny they run into each other here at the end of the year. 
Well, our thanks to uh, our producer and uh, board operator and music director, DJ Noel White, <laughs> who did a good Thank job you, Noel. shepherding us through all the Chicago music today. Uh, for Harper and for Joe, I'm John Fricky. We stand by now. Today it is the Bears and the Falcons, and what Joe Patrick has already said looks like a snowy Chicago. Could we have a little bit of a snow game up along the shores of Lake Michigan? Stand by for the network pregame show uh, with Chris uh, Goforth and Mike Johnson next on Sports Radio 92 on the game.